You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Hey, Mike. Hey, Joey. I think this is number 50 or 51. 51, sir. 51 51 times. Yes, we are uh, definitely hitting it here. 51. We're a little over a year in now. And uh, that's more numbers than I am old. I doubt that. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out like that. Okay. Uh, first, before we get started, wanted to, uh, I didn't do it last week, we're going to do it today though. Okay. Send a uh, happy birthday shout out to uh, Jamie Brecker. Oh, Jamie, He's, that's right. Yeah. He, uh, the day of this trip. recording is actually, or yesterday. Yesterday was his birthday. Saturday, Saturday. was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, happy birthday to him. And uh, last night at the Chamber of Commerce uh, reverse raffle, they all sang happy birthday to him last night. That room was packed at the American Legion and Cardi. It was it was full, Mike. It really, really was. Um, so I think that uh, I hope he had a good birthday. I mean, he spent it with some friends. Um, I don't know if he calls all of us friends or not, but you know. Anyway, what are you going to do? So, uh, Mike Miss, guess what? what? We got the farmer share breakfast coming up. All right, from the Morrow County Farm Bureau. And uh, that is coming up on Saturday, March 26th. Yes, sir, I said Saturday, March 26th. That means that we are getting towards the end of March, March sir. Yes. Uh, it starts at 8 a.m., goes till 11 a.m., and it is at 7478 County Road 242 in Mount Gilead. And it says, everyone is invited. Morrow County Farm Bureau will celebrate agriculture, local farmers, and our rural community with a breakfast on March 26th at the Johnsville Fire Station. Breakfast will be served from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And guests can mingle with uh, Morrow County Farm Bureau volunteers and local farmers for tabletop discussions and fellowship. Cost is a free will donation. Reservations are not required but appreciated. Uh, At 10 a.m., Dale Arnold with the Ohio Farm Bureau will lead a solar energy briefing. Uh, There'll be door prizes um, at the the event as well. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty good time. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, if I remember right, those uh, farm share breakfasts were uh, definitely worth anything that you gave because uh, the pancakes were pretty darn good. So I've heard. Pretty darn good from what I understand. And the syrup was sweet. Wow. I'm telling you what, you are on a roll. I am. I apologize, folks. I should have muted his mic, and I didn't. Uh, even before we started recording, he was on a roll, so I apologize. Then on Sunday, March 27th, Eastern Bluebird Workshop at the Eco Center. And that is going to be, um, it says, join us for a presentation by Eco Center owner Emily Oliverdez, I believe. Oh, yes, I know Emily. Ola, Ola, did I say that right? Oliverdez? I believe that's right, yes. From the uh, uh, Eco Center. Yeah, we'll be learning about the habits and the needs of the beautiful eastern bluebird. Emily will discuss how to attract bluebirds to your property, how to keep them safe and healthy through monitoring, and what housing conditions they prefer. After the presentation, we will be constructing bluebird houses for the participants to take home. The goal of the workshop is to educate our guests and empower them 
to uh, be amazing Eastern Bluebird hosts and advocates. The workshop is limited to only 20 folks. Uh, registration is required. A donation of $15 is suggested suggested and if you would like to register for the event you need to go to their uh go to facebook and go to the think uh local morrow county ohio page and go to the events page then you will find it for march 27th and there's a link right there um or you can go to www.ecocenterohio.com and uh there'll be a link there as well and they have a lot of fun stuff uh that they've got scheduled or have scheduled in the past. And um, it sounds like to me it's going to be a pretty good time. Now, did you say that's at the Eco Center? That is at the Eco Center, yeah. That's on County Road 59. If you take 9528 going from Mount Gilead, turn right, go to County Road 59, turn left. It's down there a little ways on your right, almost to the Marion County line. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really close. It's right on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is what's going up. And then, uh, we'll go back here to my spreadsheet and, um, our primitive settlers, Johnny Appleseed, uh, and the Morrow County archeology span group are going to be at headwaters on, uh, the 20th at 2 PM at, uh, headwaters just up here on County road 76, right behind the sheriff's office. And, uh, that looks like it's going to be a good time as well. And then on the 31st, Mike and I have been asked to uh, moderate. Moderate, yeah. I was going to say lead, but we're not really going to lead. We're going to moderate. Yeah, we're going to moderate. We might be, uh, I'm trying to think of a joke to put here, but I can't think of one. (laughs) Um, We're going to be moderately entertaining and moderating the event. That's not really a joke, but I think that probably is more accurate what's going to happen. That's as close as you're going to get to a joke. So that'll Yeah, work. yeah. Uh, so that's the 31st. That is a Thursday night. It starts at 6.30 p.m. at the American Legion Jenkins Vaughn Post there in Cardington. Um, if you uh, know where to go, go to the railroad tracks in Cardington and turn left uh, and head down towards the police station, fire department, and uh, it's right pa- just past that. Um, it'll be a good time. Hopefully it'll be packed. Again, that is March 31st and that's a Thursday it starts at 6 30 p.m and Mike and I will be there to moderate that there are a couple races that are going to be pretty tight pretty close yeah gonna be I think interesting um, to uh, watch these two yes uh, so the I'm speaking specifically about the commissioner's race mm-hmm. as well as the auditor's race yep um, so we have uh, incumbent uh, Tom Whiston um, being challenged by John Mason. John Mason is a school treasurer at one of the four county schools, as well as I think he's doing part time at another school too. I think he is, school. yes. And um, I got a chance to meet him last night at the Chamber of Commerce. Got to talk with him a little bit. Um, then there was, um, oh yeah, the Pat Davies incumbent there, and uh, Connie, Connie McChesney, McChesney, the challenger. Mm-hmm. And Connie comes. Um, is a Morrow County resident as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is uh, basically the lead financial person, if you wanted to say it that way, at the Morrow County Hospital. Um, so she's got a lot of uh, experience and expertise there that I'm sure she's going to bring to the office. So um, those are just two of the big ones um, that I come up with. I'm pretty sure there's a couple, I think there's a school board race or two maybe. There might be. Um, and then I think there's some township trustee things maybe, or some physical officers, something like that. Um, uh, but again, these, this is just for the, uh, midterms or not the, yeah, for the midterm. Uh, but it's the uh, primary for the midterm there. So, um, don't forget that, uh, we, we think we know when the midterm election is going to be. 
or the primary for that. We think it's going to be in May. But from what I understand, because it has taken so long for the um, the maps to be redrawn, there are a lot of candidates who have no idea what area they're going to be mm-hmm. responsible for yet. Yeah. Um, and so I know I think Penny Porter said that she that they were all told from the elections board side, go ahead and prepare as if you were going to start at that same time uh, and and do that. So. To my knowledge, uh, to our knowledge, nothing has changed as far as when that date is going to be. And I'm not giving it on purpose because I don't want you to think it's that date and then us change it. Uh, But definitely be looking at the Morrow County Board of Elections webpage. Should something change or be posted, you definitely are going to want to check that out. Also, folks here, uh, think local First, Morrow County, Ohio page. There are a little over 7,000 people on this page. That's a little low. We have about 36, 37,000 people in the county, and uh, we need to get some more people on here. So that page, you can find all kinds of cool stuff about what's going on, local vendors, events, um, and let's not uh, for also forget about the uh, couple pages we have here. There's the Morrow County Block Watch pages. Uh, there's one that is actually being um, – one of those pages is uh, – Safe for work type of, of uh, um, uh, it's um, monitored closely. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's another one that is not monitored at all, and mm-hmm. basically anything goes. Um, there's the Bringing Sunshine to Morrow County page. Uh, yeah, it, that one page. So there's Morrow County Block Watch, and there's Morrow County's Uncensored Block Watch page. Um, then there's, you know, Morrow County real estate, residential, commercial pages, Morrow County, Ohio, past, present, and future. That's which I'm an administrator on that one. Uh, also, uh, here's probably, this is probably the best page out there on Facebook, the Morrowology podcast. Oh yes. uh, Facebook page. Uh, join us there. And then if you have not, you need to go out and like the, uh, Morrow County historical societies page. Most certainly, and get that information. And there's some new thing, new developments coming along there that you'll you'll want to be sure that you keep up on. You almost said there's some new things at the historical society. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that would have been a joke, right? Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, uh, and then of course, you know, I gotta do a shout out for Mar Little Theater's webpage. We are we are in the throes of this. Mike and I are literally trying to record this podcast in between me working on the set. Uh, for the Sweet Delilah Swim Club. And uh, Mike, also coming up, um, I know I probably have shared this a little bit um, in the past, but I can't remember for sure. But uh, Morrow, um, I'm sorry, Mount Gilead High School is producing SpongeBob SquarePants. Tickets are $10 for students, $12 for adults. And the show is eight, uh, March 18th at 7 p.m., March 19th at 7 p.m., and March 20th at 2.30 p.m. Each performance will have a 15-minute intermission with light refreshments, um, and that will be available for donations. Um, you will also be able to buy carnations um, at the site there to purchase and get Condensed to- milk? Uh, carnations as the f- state flower. Oh, okay. Well, those okay. are red carnations. But um, and then uh, tickets are available at the door for general admission. Doors will open thirty minutes prior to the show. So that means if the show is set to open at seven p.m., say, oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Come on, that was meant to be an awkward pause. <laughs> um, 
doors will open at, at uh, 6.30 means that uh, you'll be able to come into the little vestibule, I believe, but you will not be able to get into the actual theater space because uh, usually the cast needs to warm up and uh, get the, start to you know put their game face on for the for the show. So uh, just remember that um, you have from six thirty to seven. We do like to start shows on time at seven, so please be there by then. So that looks like it's going to be a good time. Then uh, we also have two shows in the county the same weekend. Mike Sweet Delilah Swim Club is the twenty fifth, sixth, and seventh. That's going to be at the Capitol Theater in Mount Gilead. Uh, Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., and Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Uh, tickets are available online at www.morrowlittletheater.org. And those tickets are $12, um, and you can buy them online, or you can email us at marlittletheater at gmail.com. Send us uh, the information, your your name, how many tickets you need, what night you need, um, and then if there's anything special, say like wheelchair accessible or anything like that as well, put that in there. And then I just saw this for the first time today because I didn't know they were doing this. Northmore Music Boosters are presenting Susical the Musical. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twice so, in the same county in the same year. <laughs> yeah. So uh, $7 tickets are sold at the door. Um, and they are doing that Friday, March 25th at 7 p.m., Saturday, March 26th at 7 p.m., and Sunday, March 27th at 2 p.m., um and those do- those are uh seven dollars so that's gonna be at Northmore uh at the school there um I had no idea we're doing that show this summer but I had no idea that smart little theater it. will be doing it this summer yep. yeah um had no idea that that was coming up um that quickly so um also there is I found this and I wanted to share it if you go to the um storm spotters there are um there's uh, some education classes right now, Mike, that are coming out for anybody who would like to be a storm spotter for um, for the county that you live in or the area that you live in. Um, you can go, and I'm trying to find the website again because I had just had it and I lost it, but um, we will post that on our Facebook page. So if you're interested, they will actually walk you through exactly you know what what you call a, a tornado and and uh, how you call it, and then where you would re- would report that if you see shelf clouds or you know things like that, so that they're aware. Uh, and it helps because you can only tell so much by the online um, or the uh, radar. Um, so there's that piece. But uh, there will be more information coming up on that. I'll post that as soon as I can find that again. And then, Mike, did you set your clock forward? I most certainly did. So you made it to church on time? I did, yes. Good. You didn't. Well, we didn't go to church today, okay. uh, but um, I did set the clocks forward. I made sure that I remembered that it was time. But you know what else I did? What's that? I changed all the batteries in the smoke oh, detectors. Oh, yes. And Good I time tested each smoke detector. And so, you're sure to get that done twice a year if you do the when there are t- time changes. Yeah. So I um, te- so all of my electric or all of my smoke detectors are electric, and they're tied together, and they're only battery backup. Okay. So if you set one off, they all go off. Okay. So I, as I went through, I tested each and every one to make sure that all of them went off with it. Okay. Drove my wife and kids nuts this morning. I, Dad, it hurts our ears. Stop. <laughs> I know. But you, you let you let the children know the meaning of that if they do hear that. Yes. Yeah, so we we had a conversation about that and what they should do, um, and I would highly encourage you to take that opportunity. 
uh, if you have small kids or, you know, even teenagers, remind them, um, you know, and then take time when it's warmer, not today, because it is really cold out, but take time and make sure that you um, put your kids, even if they're little, put them out the window in the bedroom mm-hmm. uh, onto the ground so that they've done it before so that when it comes to an emergency, it's not a new thing for them. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we went from being living in a world where, you know, we, we told you about it, we never did it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if it happens, it kind of scares you, freaks you out. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We're, we're now living in a world where you need to practice, practice, practice because practice makes perfect and it becomes muscle memory, just like walking up and down the stairs. How many times have you walked down the stairs, Mike, without actually looking at the steps? Um, quite often. Yeah. It's muscle memory. Yes. Your feet know that the treads and the risers are the same just about everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's kind of what you're looking at. So make sure that you take time and uh, get your smoke detectors and your CO uh, detectors as well taken care of um, if you have anything that is combustion-based in your house uh, for heat. So, Mike, I know you've got something over there. I have a couple of things, actually. First of all, um, um, Morrow County Historical Society will be opening the uh, History Center on Sunday afternoon, starting April 3rd from 2 to 4. That's a Sunday, so Sunday afternoons, 2 to 4, will be open. A um, couple new displays. One is going to be uh, sports-related. Ooh. Uh, local as well as, well, we have some folks that have been uh, known nationally in mm-hmm. the county. And they're going to be highlighted as well as some of the local sports. There's also a uh, an Easter display that we'll have up for a little bit with some um, decorations and things from Easter's past. And um, our um, uh, committee that works on that stuff has done a terrific job of getting books together that were written by local um, authors. So uh, a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, at the History Center, starting now, April third. Did you guys really just? Uh, you guys got some new trustees, maybe? Well, okay. <clears throat> Sorry we to have... throw that out there and catch you <laughs> off guard. I know where you got that information too. Um, we have the uh, election of trustees at the annual meeting in April, which this will be the first one we've had in three years. So okay, so um, you haven't gotten? Have you added them yet, or they will be added? Well, they will be added if they're okay. voted in, which I presume they will be. Okay, and then from there the. Um, uh, trustees decide who's going to have what offices within the organization. Yeah, I mean that's that's typically the way that yeah. it happens. So, so well, that's, that's good. That's coming up in April. So does that give you a full slate then? Uh, you know, with with the, the potential newbies here. Yes, yes, we have more than what our constitution calls for. It uh, says we're supposed to have over ten trustees. We have thirteen or fourteen. If everybody says yes right now, so nice. You so know, it is always nice to have more. It is. Than the bare minimum, right? Right. Yeah. And and it's very valuable to have different points of view, you know. Um, you might not agree with some of those points of view, but, you know, some fresh blood is a good thing. Yeah. You know, Mike, so talking about history, some things that come from history are planting trees. Right. And we're able to count the rings, right? Right. So right now, the Morrow Soil and Water Conservation Group is now selling trees again. They have eastern white pine, Australian pine, Colorado blue spruce, Norway spruce, the common lilac, black walnut, 
red maple, sugar maple, red oak, white oak, uh, the tulip poplar, and the white flowering dogwood trees. They're all um, different sizes. They come in different seedling uh, packs. I actually have planted almost 100 of okay. these on the property here. Um, Which variety did you? I did several different. Okay. I think I did like five different last year. I planted some sugar maples, and uh, I planted white flowering dogwoods, tulip poplar, um, and I think I did Australia. No, I did. I think they did yellow pine last year, and I think I planted yellow pine and white pines last okay, year. Okay, great. Um, and tried to build a, a screen wall there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, good trees. I only had like one, I think, that didn't make it. Um, and then the others were my fault, whether I accidentally hit them with the lawnmower. Oh, here I got too close and it, you know yeah. sucked it right under. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. Um, but those others going to live, and that is tremendous. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so anyway, the order uh, deadline is March 25th, so you need to hurry up. They will then call you and let you know when the trees come in. But if you, uh, once again, our friend Carrie Jagger out there, she's got it, and I will share this to our Facebook page um, so that you can see that information. But, Mike, back to you with another announcement. All right. Um, Step up to the plate and take a swing for scholarships. The uh, Morrow County Women is having their scholarship auction and dinner it says, come in your favorite baseball uh, team attire. Uh, that'll be April 7th at the Marion Salem United or Marion Salem Methodist Church uh, at 1640 Salem Road, Caledonia. And that'll be at 6 p.m. Uh, they're asking that you RSVP. And you can call Connie McChesney at 419-210-0925. And if you didn't catch that number, you can uh, find this on Facebook. Where did you find that on, on Facebook a little bit ago? Uh, that was on Mara County Women. Okay. There's an actual uh, Facebook page for them uh, that actually describes that and um, has actually a little bit more information, gives you a couple pictures of the group. And okay. from what I understand, that group is also, um, it's not a political base. No, it's not. Group. It is no. literally Women of Morrow County putting together right and it used to be known as professional women which was a um that's it i na- couldn't think it, of that it name. was a national yes. group but they've recently uh broken away from that group and uh changed the, the the name of the group to morrow county women so it would include more um more females um i talked to uh leanne gump on my radio show that was on this morning about this and uh they're very excited they put these scholarships out uh, um, yearly, obviously. And if you're interested in, um, applying for a scholarship, you can go to their, uh, website, uh, Morrow County Web- women actually on Facebook, uh, Morrow County women, uh, look it up and find out more information there. Yeah. Uh, definitely scholarship season is out. So, uh, if you have a senior right now, please send them to the guidance counselor's office at the school and get out there, uh, Make sure that you get – college is not cheap, and uh, you need to take the time and go and research some of these scholarships. And don't just stop there. You can find scholarships just about anywhere. Most of the companies anymore um, have some kind of scholarship. Now it could be a little more difficult to find, um, but some of these scholarships um, are out there, especially if you are interested in just going out um, and going say that you're not going to go to college, but you're going to go to a uh, tech program. Uh, HVAC, plumbing, elect- electrical, things like that. There, There's definitely opportunities out there for you. And the Chamber of Commerce 
is uh, working on that. That's kind of what their uh, reverse raffle was for last night. Um, and you missed out on that, Mike. It was definitely a good time. Oh, I'm sure it was. It was a good time. So, all right, Mike. That, and the karaoke wrapped up this past Friday? No, it was actually, uh, we had wrapped up the weekend before. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. and I made a mistake. So uh, it was not Jada as number, second, uh, number two. So uh, Tracy Hanna took the first place, and she got the um, Finley Entertainment passes for all weekend, plus the meal and parking passes. So she got the big Kahuna prize. And that's for Freedom Fest. That's for Freedom Fest. July. In July. So she won that one. And then second place was actually Lori on, now I forget her last name, but she's a regular up there for karaoke. She did a great job. She won uh, a prize pack of uh, tickets and such for Freedom Fest in July. And then Noah Johnson took third place, and he also won um, a, a, a ticket pass as well for Freedom Fest. And all three of the levels were different. Um, but they were all provided by Finley Entertainment, and uh, that to me is, uh, I can't say thank you enough um, to uh, Finley Entertainment. Join us for Freedom Fest Ohio, July 1st and 2nd, 2022 at the Morrow County Fairgrounds, brought to you by Finley Entertainment. Celebrate freedom with the Nate Williams Band, Austin French, and headliner Crowder on July 1st, Friday night, starting at 6.30 p.m., then on Saturday, July 2nd. Join Scott Stevens, Heath Sanders, Rodney Atkins, and headliner Justin Moore. Tickets are on sale now. Visit FreedomFestOhio.com. Yeah, that Freedom Fest is going to be quite the event, Mike. Quite the event. He's expecting uh, 8,000 people per night. Oh, wow. Yes. We will literally be parking cars in the old Pete Patch, I think. We'll be parking cars just about anywhere we can find find a parking place for him, I bet. Um, so that's coming up again. That's in July, and uh, we'll bring more information forward as we uh, as we find out more. But do you have anything else to finish up the current events? I think that's all I have for today. Then you know what time it is. It is time to go back. Flashback. Our flashback. All right. Topic today is well. Last week I had spoken about some uh, incidents with uh, Indians in our area. Uh, this week, I want to talk about a specific Indian who uh, frequented the area. His name was Tom Lyons, and I'm taking this information from Lest We Forget, which was uh, put together by Charles Mosier several years ago. So, I'm going to begin reading. <clears throat> the most notorious Indian in the area was Tom Lyons. He was a strong, powerful man who boasted of killing 99 white men and desired before he was taken to the happy hunting grounds to take the life of another to make it an even 100. The settlers soon became acquainted with him since he was often seen riding horseback from cabin to cabin through the wilderness. He carried a shot pouch slung over his shoulder from which he would boastfully exhibit what he claimed was the hand of a white child taken as a trophy in Virginia. He would also hold up a string of meat which he declared was composed of the tongues of white women. This annoyed the men and terrified the women. I would say so. I can't imagine why. Uh, Never one to be fully trusted, Tom Lyons was at times quite insolent, but he had a gentler side shown in this description of his treatment of his squaw. 
His squaw is reputed to have been one of the finest-looking squaws of the great Wyandotte tribe, being, in fact, a queen of beauty among them. Lyons was very proud of her and kept her dressed in the height of her Indian fashion and did not compel, compel her to perform menial labor, as is the custom among the Indians. In 1883, Marion County History has an account of Captain Hiram Knowles. He said he frequently saw more than 100 Indians camp near the Willow Swamp, a place then owned by Mariah Kennedy. In the year 2000, this marsh area still exists west of State Route 98 near Marseilles Galleon Road on the farm now owned by Mrs. Kennedy's descendants, the Robert Pugh family. Hiram Knowles recalled Tom Lyons visiting his father's home where he enjoyed that kind gentleman's hospitality. For a time, Lyons lived in the eastern portion of Clarendon Township and bragged that he had arrived at the advanced age of 130 years. Wow. In the same book is an account by Captain George Beckley. The John Beckley family arrived in Clarendon Township during November 1821 in the area near present-day Caledonia. They located along the Whetstone River, along the trail leading from the Sandusky Plains to Owl Creek near Mount Vernon. Their cabin was visited by hundreds of Wyandots and Delawares annually during the hunting season. John Beckley had resided in uh, Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, and conversed fluently in the German language. Since Tom spoke German, he was pleased to meet another Dutchman and soon visited the Beckleys. A warm friendship sprang up between them. The following interview with Captain Beckley offers a somewhat different view of Tom Lyons from that often depicted. It tells first of meeting Ditta Wani and then of his meeting with Tom Lyons a few days later. Early on the morning after our arrival at our new home, I took my rifle and started to view the surroundings along the Indian Trail. I had gone but a short way when where Uriah Hipshire's field now is, until I found plenty of shellbar hickory trees and, un, and the ground under them well bestrewed with nuts. I sat my gun against a tree and commenced gathering the nuts. Just imagine the surprise when the, fine, uh, when the first object I beheld on looking up was an Indian standing between myself and my gun and I had heard and read so many terrible narratives of savage atrocities that it made my blood curdle. But to my great joy, he extended to me his hand, which I grasped with the usual salutations. He spoke good English, wore a pair of blue broadcloth leggings with red listings about an inch wide on the outside of each, and tied with garters, a neat blanket wrapped around him, secured with a belt, and his headdress was a small red shawl folded and tied around his head with the corners hanging down his back, leaving the crown of his head uncovered and a neat pair of buckskin moccasins on his feet. I afterward uh, learned that his name was Ditta Wani. I shouldered my gun and returned with him to the cabin, he continuing on his way toward Owl Creek. But a day or two later, after that, we espied another, an old Indian, riding around a large oak tree near the cabin, 
who was very attentively looking at the top of his this tree, saying there had been honeybees in that tree. He came to the house, dismounted, took his saddle, blankets, and other lading off, and hobbled his pony by, tr- by tying his forelegs together so near that he could not step more than a few inches at a step. We invited him into the new cabin, but I suppose he would have walked right in if I had not, if he had not been invited. He was a great talker, could speak English or German. He said he was 165 years old. Be that as it may, he was an old man and had seen sights. He soon discovered that my father was a German. He accordingly asked where he hailed from. My father said from Pennsylvania. Oh me, over, oh me, all over Pennsylvania, Susquehanna, Lavatana, Skolakil, Leah, and Delaware rivers. Then my father told him he was from Lebanon, formerly Lancaster County. Then our guest mentioned the names of several of the small villages as Reading, Cootstown, Harrisburg, and even the names of several of the early settlers of that locality with whom my father was well acquainted. He had much to say about Wyoming. He said, me fought at Wyoming. He had much to say about General Wayne. He said his father was a chief of the Delaware Nation, that his father sent him with some other Indians to General Wayne's headquarters. Was General... that John Wayne? No, that wasn't oh, John Wayne. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to throw something in there. I think that's Matt Anthony Wayne we're talking about here. General Wayne says, I give you a name. I call you Thomas Lyons, and that is the way I got my name. General Wayne, give a coat, give a coat, a nice coat, a general's coat. Oh, very good man. General Wayne, very good man, very good man. He afterwards often visited the old Dutchman, as he called him. A few anecdotes about our venerable hero, Tom Lyons, might be interesting to some of our young readers. He was a notable personage all over this part of the state at that time, both among the pale faces and Indians. He had his friends and his enemies, and the way he made many enemies was in relating incidents of the wars through which he had passed. He once told Joseph Riley of his valor in some of the uh, massacres on the Delaware River. Uh, Then said Riley to him, Did you know Tom Quick on the Delaware River? Evidently the old Indian was offended when he was asked that question, as he sat mute and motionless as a statue, and there the conversation ended. This Tom Quick had several relatives killed by the Indians, for which his vengeance never slumbered. And when he had grown up to manhood, he took the warpath after them. And woe be to the Indian when Tom was uh, fairly on his track. He was about an, e- an equal to the Wetzels and Poes on the Ohio River. At other times, when he related his war stories, as old heroes are apt to do, he would bring down upon himself the ire and indignation of those who heard him. They would in turn mets out to him rough words. Then he would tell them how the women and children would cry, mimicking them, when they were in the act of slaughtering them. 
These were current reports about him and were generally believed to be true, but he never talked about the way about that way at our house, perhaps because we never gave him any offense. He, with his son George Lyons and Jerry Kilbach, was encamped one winter for a few weeks east of Whetstone on the land now owned by Jacob Slagle. The old man was very sick. After he was able to walk over to Mr. Parcel's, he went there occasionally. He told them he had to be very sick, very sick, no devil come yet. The question has often been asked, what became of old Tom Lyons? It has been asserted that he died a natural death at Pipestown on the Delaware Reservation. Again, it has been stated that he was shot by some white hunter because he exhibited the string containing 99 human tongues. The better belief is that old Tom was shot in his wigwam near Fort Ball by two hunters from Delaware County, whose names were well known to old citizens of Marion. He is believed to have been over 100 years old at his death, which occurred about 1824. Poor Tom left many friends. And um, I think I will leave it there, and we'll talk more about uh, Tom Lyons next week. Awesome. But uh, he was quite well known in the area. Um, sounds like if he if he was upset with you, he, he told his war stories. If he liked you, he was uh, nice to you. Well, I mean, that's kind of a way of threatening somebody without threatening somebody, right? Right. So I have just a few things here. So did you know that uh, recently, and I say recently, in th- this day in history, not this day, but this week or the coming week in history, um, one of the cool things is in 1947, President Truman announces the Truman Doctrine, and that was in this week in 1947. Um, also, do you remember Elizabeth Smart? That name's familiar. She was the girl who was... Um, Stolen, basically, kidnapped, and they were able to recover. She was able to get free, and they recovered her. Okay. Um, and they, they arrested her abductors. So they recovered her and arrested her abductors. So they sent Don Adams to find her, and they said, get smart. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, do you remember the year that the core of the uh, theater building was built? The uh, Capitol Theater the building? Capitol Theater, yeah. Um, uh, 1822, 21. It's actually 1894. 1894. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I share this is because this week in history, in 1894, Coca-Cola was sold in glass bottles for the first time. Okay. What was it sold in before? Crocs? I have no idea what it was sold in before, but I well, you know what? It might have just been available through fountains, and then with then the they went dirt. to bottles. Yes, yes. Yeah, because yes. they would have had to mix the syrup and then the sure. carbonated water, and then, yeah. yeah. That's why they called it a soda jerk, because you had to jerk the tab back and forth. Okay, I thought it was just because the guy was not very nice. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, could have been. I mean, unless, you know. And then uh, what? who comes to mind when I say to you, fireside chat? Uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah, FDR. Uh, so on March 12th, 1933, just eight days after his inauguration, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt gives his first national radio address or fireside chat directly from the White House. Um, 
I thought that was pretty cool. Also, this week in history, in 1781, think about that, 1781, just shy, just you know, a little bit after the Declaration of Independence for us, right? Mm-hmm. We think about that being so far away, but it really wasn't. 1781, William Herschel discovers Uranus. I'm calling it Uranus because otherwise people would say Uranus. Oh, Uranus, yes, okay. the seventh planet. Yeah, so I found that kind of interesting. And then if you're a music buff, Eric Clapton leaves the Yardbirds um, on March 13th in 1965 and I believe went on his own way um, as a solo artist. So there's that if you're interested. So I think that is uh, it other than in 1879 on March 14th. Albert Einstein was born. Oh, okay. Yes, Albert Einstein was born March 14th, 1879. Son of a Jewish electrical engineer in Yom, Germany. So, all right, Mike. Anything else for the history flashback? I think that's enough to digest for today. Let's go. <laughs> all right, Mike, miss. We're back. What do we have? Do we have anything left to talk about? I mean, uh, we hit a lot. Yeah, we did. We covered a lot of ground today. Uh, this is uh, National um, Red Cross Month as oh, well. Oh, yes. So let's uh, give a shout out to the Red Cross and be checking the Red Cross uh, website uh, to see where the bloodmobiles are. They are in desperate need of, uh, of blood right now, and they are in desperate need of volunteers as well. So if you have the time... If you have abilities, you know, they're not going to necessarily send you off to some place where there's a disaster. There are things to do from home on the computer. Uh, there are things to do right in your own community. Uh, the Red Cross could use more help, though, right now. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, it seems like there's just another disaster every day somewhere, something, you know, from a house fire to um, hurricanes to forest fires to uh, even a car accident where a trauma, the Red Cross plays some some role in uh, response to that. So, um, wow. And then just a reminder, I know so we talked about it earlier, but please make sure that you change the smoke and carbon monoxide detector batteries in your house, as well as if you have a, radio, a weather radio, make sure that you change the batteries in that. Make sure it's ready to go for the season. Daylight savings time did start uh, today. And then um, it is a severe weather uh, week coming up at the end of the month here. And uh, the last Wednesday of the month, uh, they always do a a statewide tornado drill. And that's going to be, I believe, the – I I think it's the 30th um, that they'll be doing that. So at uh, 9.50 in the morning, the tornado sirens will blare across the state to test them. That's usually our first – opportunity to find out that uh, something didn't make it all the way through the winter and it needs to be addressed before we have some uh, stormy weather. And there's already been tornadoes. Uh, Iowa had tornadoes come through in our last warm front. So if you are interested in learning more about weather, go to weather.gov and uh, there's a weather ready now section. There's also some uh, education that you can take from home uh, available for you. So Mike, we have one, two more ads here. Okay. So here we go with the first right. one. This one is... Have you heard about Broom Sisters of Morrow County? 
It's a cleaning company run by local ladies. The Broom Sisters of Morrow County offers a fast cleaning service with low rates, specializing in, but not limited to, cobweb removal, potion cleanup, and cauldron scrubbing. You can find Broom Sisters of Morrow County on Facebook, or you can call them at 740-262-5804. You can also email them at broomsisters88 at gmail.com. The Sweet Delilah Swim Club, presented by Mar Little Theater, directed by Angela Powell. Cast includes Aaron Kelty, Deb Knichley, Bethany Barton, Grace Walker, and Jamie Zeger. These five Southern Bells meet in college after joining the swim team. They stay friends after graduation and set aside one weekend annually to get together on the beach and share their lives. Without husbands, kids, and jobs, they catch up and will have you in stitches as the telling of their tales ensues. This show will make a great ladies' night out. Stop by one of the fantastic Morrow County local great restaurants. And the show dates are March 25th through the 27th at the Capitol Theater in Mount Gilead. Visit marlittletheater.org for ticket details today. All right, Mike. So while we were uh, listening to those ads there, I did look up. It is um, official at this point. May 3rd is the primary election day. So it is set for May 3rd unless the state intervenes and changes the date. That uh, right now is the date. So your deadline to uh, register to vote for that is going to be April 4th. Again, that's April 4th. So you must be registered to vote by April 4th, uh, by the end of the, uh, uh, the business day, April 4th. Uh, go to the Board of Elections, sign your paperwork, and they'll be uh, put onto the roster there. But if you want to vote in the May 3rd primary, uh, you must be registered to vote by then. And then on April 5th, early voting starts there at the board office. So uh, just wanted to share that real quick. All right, Mike, any uh, any parting wisdom that you'd like to give the group today? Well, I, I do need to tell you about the other day when I went to the state park and I got thrown out uh, oh. after arranging the squirrels by height because they didn't like me critter-sizing. Wow. Sometimes, Mike, sometimes. One of these days, Mike... One of these days. One of these days. All right. Well, folks, uh, yet another podcast is coming to the end here, another episode. We uh, truly enjoy the fact that you guys are enjoying this and that uh, we are meeting new people all the time who have said, hey, we've listened to you. Hey, we've listened to you. Uh, Don't forget you can join us. And uh, we're going to try to uh, record the um, candidates forum and put that out as a special for the Marwology podcast. So we will try to do our best. I'll have to take my equipment up there. We're going to try to do that, even if we just get a recording for you. Um, we want to make sure that folks get out there because this is, you know, elections do have consequences. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, uh, elections do have consequences. So with that being said, uh, uh, wait, one, one, one word of wisdom here. Oh, no, it's another pun. You shouldn't tell secrets in the garden. The potatoes have eyes, the corn has ears, and the beans talk. All right, folks, (laughs) on that note, we are out of here. Have a great week.